Hi, this is Sandy Simpson from Apologetics Coordination Team. Thank you for choosing one of our podcasts, and I hope that you enjoy it and it's a help to you. Today we're continuing on to Chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. Paul began to correct some of the problems in the church at Corinth in chapter 1, and you'll remember that he told them to stop being divided on the basis of who they said they were following, you know, who they said they were following since they all should have been following Jesus Christ, of course. But, you know, that's the same problem that we have today. What some might call divisions due to region, ethnicity, culture, doctrinal issues, you know, which true believers can debate yet still remain in unity are unavoidable and they're not necessarily a bad thing. But divisions over favorite teachers is not quite that good. We all need to defer to Jesus Christ as our teacher. Uh, Paul uses himself as an example of someone who's not looking for a following, but whose focus is on preaching the gospel. So let's go ahead and start reading from verse 1. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. You know, Paul may not have considered himself to be eloquent or to have superior wisdom, even though he was probably the most qualified by human standards out of the disciples to teach. Of course, he had formally sat under the teaching of one of the most famous Jewish teachers of the time, Gamaliel, Yet he did not consider his training to be of real use in proclaiming the gospel. That's what he was faced with on the Damascus Road. Today it's become the standard in Christendom to favor those who have college degrees and doctorates over those who don't. Yet the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And having a college degree is not necessarily a qualification to understand and teach. It can help sometimes. It can also hinder. Depends on where you got taught. Now you've been taught. John 14, 26 says this, but the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. That's the important part. 1 John 2, 27 says, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Paul was showing that even though later he would tell them to follow his example, he's not the one who they're supposed to be following. He shows that he's a humble man who came with one goal, to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Paul was not going to rely on his training, but on the word of God and the Holy Spirit. He was not going to get off topic onto other subjects, but to stay with what Jesus had commissioned him to do. You know what? Our problem is that we often get off our main purpose, which is to share the good news. We often think of Paul as being very bold, but you know what? We learned from his testimony that he first began to proclaim the gospel in weakness and fear. Oh, really? He trembled at the thought of sharing the gospel message, not because I think he was afraid of being persecuted, though there may have been that element to it, but rather because of the seriousness of the message. He wanted to make sure he communicated it correctly. Paul wanted to get it right. Paul relied on the power of God to persuade people through the indwelling Holy Spirit. You know, it's not us who persuade people. It's the Holy Spirit. Through the accurate proclamation of the gospel message. When a Christian shares the gospel, God can empower them to do so and will bring the word of scripture to remembrance which contains the power to save. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. It's the gospel that has the power, not us. John 14.26, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So the Lord can remind us of what we studied in the Bible. That's why it's so important to study the word and bring it, make it a part of us, a part of our mind and our heart. That's so we can use it to help people. You know, men can make clever arguments for the gospel, but it's the Holy Spirit that moves men's hearts. Paul didn't rely on his oratory ability, but on the Holy Spirit to give him the words that would move people to believe in Jesus Christ. It would convict them of their sins, and they would begin to see themselves as they really were. Yes, God did some healing and other miracles through Paul, but I don't believe the context of this passage is talking about signs and wonders. It's talking about human wisdom versus God's wisdom and power. Let's look at the next section. Verse 6, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Oh, boy, is that ever true today? No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men 
knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit, the spirit who is from God, that may, we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You know, God must reveal God's wisdom to the believer through his word. Paul made sure that the Corinthians understood that he was not talking about proclaiming the simple gospel message, but he was also talking about mature teaching. Neither the simple gospel or mature topics come from the wisdom of this age. You know, this is what's being taught in a lot of churches. They're teaching psychology. That's the wisdom of this age, not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of this age and our age as well will come to nothing. God had, has had an unfolding plan of revelation that was hidden in times past. The hidden mystery that Paul proclaimed was that God had a son and sent him to redeem those who would believe. Ephesians 6.19, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Colossians 1.26 and 27, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, thank the Lord for that. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Not only is the mystery about Christ coming to save, to save but that he would dwell and those who believe, thereby assuring them the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit was sent to indwell the believer so that we could learn of God and what he expects of us. The Holy Spirit brings light to the scriptures, which before we were saved were not really understood. The spirit of the world cannot enlighten the Bible to our minds. And you know what? There is a spirit of the world basically called the Zeitgeist by Germans, or the Weltgeist. It is the Antichrist spirit that has a hold over anyone who has not been saved. You know what? That Antichrist spirit has been around ever since Paul wrote about it, even before. We often don't consider this when we're dealing with unbelievers, but they're actually in chains to the spirit of the world. They're living in darkness. Psalm 143.3, the enemy pursues us, he crushes me, he, the, enemy, the enemy pursues me, 
He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. That's exactly what the enemy wa wants to do. He wants us in darkness. John 12, 46, I've come to the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Paul makes a distinction again between worldly wisdom and spiritual wisdom. Those who are uh, born again have the Holy Spirit who speaks through them, uh, not with worldly wisdom, but with but expressing spiritual truths in, in, in spiritual words. There are those in the churches today who claim that there is truth in every religion. <laughs> you know, there may be conventional wisdom or moral truth, but not spiritual truth. Spiritual truth can only be discerned and taught by those who are regenerate. To say that there is truth in other religions is simply a way to try to bring Christians into a false unity with those religions. And we can have no real unity with false religions. Let me give examples of that. Brian McLaren, uh, who's one of the heads of the emergent church movement, said this. It may be advisable in many, if not all, circumstances to help people become followers of Jesus and remain their Buddhist, Hindu, and Jewish context. Is our religion the only one that understands the true meaning of life? Or does God place his truth in others too? The gospel is not our gospel, but the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what belongs to the kingdom of God cannot be hijacked by Christianity. <laughs> this is the guy who travels around and speaks in all these churches. Others have taught this same false idea. Listen to this one. I love all religions. If people become better Hindus, better Muslims, better Buddhists by our acts of love, then there's something else growing there. All is God. Baptists, Hindus, Christians, etc. all have access to the same God. I know some of you know who that was. Mother Teresa. Quote, they unbelievers may not even know the name of Jesus, but they know in their hearts that they need something they don't have, and they turn to the only light that they have. And I think that they are saved and that they're going to be with us in heaven. Guess who that is? That was Billy Graham in an interview with Robert Schuler in 1997. Talk about ruining your own message. Why do evangelism then? Here's another one, quote, Messianic Muslims who continue to read the Quran, visit the mosque and say, and, and say their daily prayers, but accept Christ as their savior, are the products of the strategy which is being tried in several countries. One particular church planner in Asia related how 50 members of a Muslim family accepted Christ as savior and formed their own fellowship. He writes in YWAM staff newsletter, they continue to life following the Islamic requirements, including mosque attendance, fasting, and Quranic reading, beside getting together as a fellowship of Muslims who acknowledge Christ as a source of God's mercy for them. The Charisma Report added that YWAM is also adopting the same approach in India. 
where a team is working with a Hindu holy man. Now you wonder why I have problems with youth with a mission. This is their idea. By the way, they're out there aggressively telling Muslims that Allah is the same God as YHWH. Is this godly wisdom? Or is this earthly wisdom? You know what? If we're ashamed of the Lord, he's going to be ashamed of us someday. I could read you many more quotes, many, many more quotes from these false latter rain, new apostolic emergent church, liberal church leaders. Suffice it to say that this type of teaching has permeated many liberal and evangelical churches today. But Paul states that the man without the spirit cannot understand the things of God. The things of God seem like foolishness to him. He cannot accept them. He cannot understand them. There's worldly false religious truth. And then there's divine spiritual truth. Two different things. There's only one way to spiritual truth, and that's by the Spirit. Because he is the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You know, there's only one way to have the indwelling Spirit. Only one way. And that's to be born again. There's only one way to be born again. And that is to repent of our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Christian is also not subject to the judgments of unbelievers. The Christian is subject to Christ. This does not mean we do not obey the laws of our land and live a life that reflects God's grace among the un unregenerate. But God is our judge. And also we are to test ourselves. We'll get into that subject later, but Paul points out two things. Number one, we are to judge. And number two, those who do not have the mind of Christ cannot really instruct us. First of all, today many Christians have been taught not to judge in all things. But when someone teaches that Christians are never to judge based on Matthew 7.1, you know what? They haven't actually read their Bible through. In fact, 14 verses later in Matthew 7.15, it says uh, it's right in the context of Jesus teaching that men should not be hypocritical judges. But Jesus tells us to beware of false prophets. Matthew 7, 1 and 15 say, do not judge or you too will be judged. But then later it says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. So what are you supposed to do? How can you do that if you don't judge? You have to tell the difference between those who are speaking spiritual truth and those who are not. So we are to test all prophecy and teaching by the word of God. We know 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Folks, I'm here to tell you right now, 
We've never had this many false prophets in the world. This is the most we've ever had. Thousands upon multiple thousands of false prophets say they're speaking for God. You know, Christians have the mind of Christ because of the indwelling spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we're not tempted to fall to sin sometimes. But if we continue to walk with Christ, the Holy Spirit instructs us on every aspect of life. He does that for our own benefit, but also so that we'll be able to help others. That might mean helping our families or our co-workers, our fellow believers, and even those in the world. We need the mind of Christ in order to proclaim truth. Otherwise, we'll be proclaiming things that have no validity or spiritual use. Only the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. In the believer, the Spirit instructs us through the written word so that we will know spiritual truth and be able to communicate it, both in the gospel message to unbelievers and in discipling those who are believers. So what do we need? We need the written word of God. It's our foundation. It is eternal. It is the ultimate example and revelation of the Lord. And so we need to hearken back to that, go back to the manual. Instead of listening to uh, Brian, you know, Brian McLaren, who says we need to get off the map, we need to unfold the map and read it and get back into it because it's appropriate for everything in life. Hi, this is Sandy Simpson again. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. You can come to my website, Apologetic Coordination Team at DeceptionInTheChurch.com or go to our YouTube site called Act TV and check out our DVDs and books, etc. Thank you so much for checking us out.